Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-dow! Merrily, 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 merrily Life is but a dream <laughs> Dream Life, you know, life sometimes is a dream, isn't it? Uh, it's it's dreamy. Uh, we dream within it. Maybe <laughs> life is one big dream. Hey, that's that's a very interesting uh, proposition. Maybe it is. Maybe. Um, you know who you know who's saying that it it totally is. Uh, the Matrix. No, I was gonna say the band that we're talking about today. Who's that? <laughs> Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, of course. Avenged Sevenfold with their most recent album, Life is But a Dream. Yes. Uh, man, there's a there's a lot to say about this album. There is. Um, but before we get into that album, let's talk about... Uh, wait, we didn't even say what the name of this podcast is. Oh, yeah, true. Or what our names are. Uh, we, we skipped everything and we just jumped all in straight towards the album. I guess that's my fault for singing a song. Um, that's okay. This is that's totally Ameri- okay. It's American Brews and Tunes. Yeah. Uh, this is episode 142. 142, and baby. My name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Uh, yeah, the last episode we recorded was a couple weeks ago. It was the Switchfoot uh, Beautiful Letdown re record um, episode. Pretty, pretty good episode, if yeah, I say yeah. so myself. Yeah, um, it was a great episode. Top-notch audio quality. Very... Absolutely. Very slick. Amazing. On the spot. Love it. Um, But before (laughs) we get into the topic for this week, at least one of the topics, which is the music, let's talk about some some bevies. Yeah, let's talk about some beverages. Uh, Do you have anything uh, of interest this week, Jesse? Uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm going with uh, one of your favorites. I got oh. I got a spin drift. Oh yes, sparkling water. What flavor? Um, I'm going with I went with a blood orange tangerine. I have had uh, that one. It is good. So for those who don't know what spin drift is, it is a sparkling water. But instead of just having like the essence like Lacroix does and all those other ones, they use real squeezed fruit juice. Yes. So it kind of adds like a little bit more freshness, I assume, and. Yeah. It does give it a few calories, right? Normally, sparkling water is like zero, zero calories. What is that? This like is, a five calories for a can? Ten calories? Something like that? This is a total of 12 calories. Oh. I'm really breaking the the calorie, the caloric bank here. I mean, you, you're spending. That's, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, but it's, uh, That's it's what literal, I'm having. It's calories just because there's legitimate fruit juice. It's not like it's sugar. And yeah, little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe natural sugar from the fruit, but it's not no sugar added, no no crap, nothing to. Uh uh-huh, No sugar added. Yeah, yeah, no nasty stuff. Just it's great. De- delicious stuff. If I carbonated do say so. water, blood orange juice, tangerine juice, and citric acid mm. for to maintain like freshness. Yeah, Spindrift is great. I recommend it for anyone who hasn't tried it, and for people who like are like on the fence about seltzer waters, because sometimes people are like, "Ew, I don't like the." Almost a flavor, but not a flavor. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like that, but I get it as like an argument. That's why Spindrift kind of no- bumps it up a notch without like like a gross fake sweetener. It just has like a juicy flavor because there's juice in it. Delicious. Yeah, exactly. Um, what have you got? Um, I don't have a Spindrift, that's for sure. Okay. Um, 
I'm trying a brew that I got at Craft Brews uh, last hurrah. Oh, um, It's from a brewery called Pretentious Beer Co. out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, Pretentious, I've, wow, what a name. I know, I've never, never heard of it, but I'll probably never forget it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's too pretentious to forget. I know, right? Uh, and this <laughs> beer is called Tater Tot is my spirit animal. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the picture on the so, front is okay. like a cartoon tater tot. <laughs> it, it, the okay. picture on the front is a, just a cartoon tater tot. If you had to guess, what would you say this beer is style-wise? Um, hazy IPA. <laughs> I guess that's like a probably a good choice because it's like a weird hip name and like hazy uh-huh, IPAs yeah, are yeah. hipping in. But it's not. It's a rye pale ale. Featuring mosaic hops. So, rye pale okay. ale. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. A rye PA. Rye PA. Uh-huh. So that sounds pretty good. I'm curious to, to try it. I'm, I'm curious yeah. if the, the rye comes through. I'm curious if you're going to get like a like a starchy potato flavor. Like I mean, they must have named it Tater Tot for a reason, right? Uh, I think they just named it that because somebody likes Tater Tots and they thought it was funny. <laughs> All right. I, we'll I could be wrong. Right. There's no description on it about it. I'm just guessing. Oh, really? Not even on Untapped? Uh, no, on Untapped, there's not even a picture. Oh, wow. It's a really, really new brewery then. Yeah. The description okay, cool. on Untapped just says rye pale ale featuring mosaic. All right. Nice. So let's let's give our respective bevies a crack, shall we? We shall. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, immediately I'm hit with the smell of hops. I haven't nice. even poured it yet, and it smells like, like fruity hops. Okay, that's a good sign. Uh, it's uh, much darker of a color than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not like a a powerful punching rye PA. It's it clocks in at six percent, so like a a nice okay, easy. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, it's gonna. What's it's the got, color? Uh, kind of like a dark. It's like an amber, to be honest. Okay. Like, nice. Like if you were to imagine the color of an like an actual piece of amber from the game Tears of the Kingdom. Oh um, yes. Like you so know how dark so how dark those ambers are. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. They're like it's, orange, brown, bronze color. Hey Jesse, I I gotta um, confess something. Okay. Uh, I found out how to duplicate items in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, did you do that? <laughs> I've duplicated everything. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Guess how many diamonds I had last month? 500. 999 because that's as high <laughs> as it goes. <laughs> I spent yeah, an hour. Amazing. I could duplicate them five at a time, <laughs> and I sat there oh for an gosh. hour and a half duplicating. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, the diamonds. So I haven't I haven't played that game in a while now, but that I remember the di- like getting a diamond and they were pretty darn good, like for putting yeah, on your weapons. Like they they strengthen whatever you attach them to. You can sell them for five hundred rupees. Oh man. Yeah. Is it Which, cheating? Oh my gosh, the armor is so expensive in that game. Oh, it it really is. Um, but not for me. I mean, it's expensive for me, but I ha- I have the rupees to cover it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to get a million rupees, but it stops at 999,999. <laughs> yeah, that's how many you have? Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's insane. Yeah, I also found out how to duplicate weapons. 
Oh, that, that's actually pretty cool. So wait, can you, can you duplicate one that you've already like fused with something else? Yes. You can duplicate everything Ooh. except the master, the master sword, sword because yeah, okay. you can't drop the master sword and dropping it is required in duplicating. Oh, okay. I can duplicate the Hillian shield. Oh, I, nice. I can and I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Um, but I really like how you can anyway. attach, but real quick before we, we move on, I love okay, how you can yeah, attach yeah. stuff. Um, it made it like once I figured out which items like you could attach to do certain things, uh, it was a game changer because like certain mushrooms that you attach to a, a shield like just have crazy effects. They make lionels. Mm -hmm. They don't make them like a, a a walk in the park, but like they're definitely doable. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Well, since we're already talking about Zelda, I'll say my opinion on it. I haven't played it as much as you have. It sounds like. But from the amount that I played, they essentially took what Breath of the Wild did really well and just made it better. Just made everything about it better. Like specifically, like the weapon fusing is so fun. And oh, yeah. It's just it's a lot of fun. And then like the, the vehicles. Up, yeah. Like building the vehicles is super fun, too. Just everything about it is great. I, yeah, um, they, I, need, I need, definitely need whenever I get a chance, I definitely need to play that game more. Yeah, I've I've been playing that, and Becca's been playing Breath of the Wild because she never did that one. Oh, okay, nice. So it's we're both playing Zelda all the time. <laughs> I uh, I sold my Switch to my my other Switch to my sister because I got a new one. Oh, nice, nice. And she's been playing the uh, Harvest Moon remake. Uh, the we played a game called Harvest Moon on the GameCube. Oh, which cool. is like you have like a family you like start a family and like have a farm and like meet all these characters in this town but there was a remake and so I, she bought it specifically just to play that remake <laughs> sounds like a mixture of farmville and animal crossing <laughs> okay yeah fair enough a little bit except but, not farmville <laughs> but this is not a nintendo switch podcast this is a podcast no, of, beer, of uh, bevies and music i shouldn't say beer and music bevies and music bevies and music um let's let's taste our bevies shall we we shall, yeah. You, your spindrift, me, my taters. <laughs> yeah, your taters. <laughs> Holy oh, <wow>. sirens, Batman! <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> I closed my window, but you can still you can still hear it though. They they must not have liked the taters. <laughs> What's All right, here... taters? All right, <laughs> potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. <laughs> I gotta rewatch that. It's been too long. It's a good movie. All right, um, as All we right. always say well, on American these drinks. <laughs> Bruce Hamptons, <laughs> we're going on tangents. She down the tangent hatch. Mm. Okay, mm. this is. I'm hit with like this intense, mm. like the cleanness of a lager, like um, Ooh, okay. like the crisp cleanness of a lager. Yes. Um, with a hoppy punch over top of it, but the the punchiness is like goes away really quickly. I get a little bit of the rye spice, and then it rides out smoothly. Ooh, nice! That sounds uh, really tasty. That's what I experienced on the first sip. I will go in for a second sip as you explain your spin drift. Okay, 
Uh, well, as we said earlier, there's a... Uh, oh, man. Get a lot of burps from these carbonated waters. I, I found that um, um, carbonated uh, sparkling waters, <laughs> it's, a, it's a different kind of carbonation than beer. Um, yeah, I think they're more is. carbonated, and I think I belch more when, when I have a sparkling water. I definitely do. Um, but anyway, the real fruit, you can really taste it. Like It tastes like there's a little bit of tangerine juice and blood orange juice in there. So it tastes good. Hmm. Nice. I mean, it's just like a, I still like the regular like carbonated waters quite a bit. Yeah. But if I'm ever feeling like having a little bit more freshness, I guess less less uh like muted dull flavors or like i don't know dull is not the right word for the regular carbonated water but this just I has a little mean, bit though. more of a freshness to it yeah so it's it's nice it's pretty good um I while you're speaking again, for sure oh i would i would definitely buy that that's a great spindrift i would buy any spindrift to be honest though uh, while you were describing yes. yours, I poured in the um, the rest of the amount that I had in the can and out poured the sediment. So I went in yeah. for another sip, and it's Ooh, a little nice. less clean f- tasting, a little bit more flavorful, okay. uh, but not still it's not like in your face aggressive. It's it's very nice. Okay, nice. Would That's go well awesome. with a burger. Hmm. Well, now that we've uh, discussed Hamburg. the drinks. The bevies. Yeah. Good old Hamburg, yes. The bevies. Now that we've uh, discussed the bevies, we can uh, move on to talking about the music. Yeah. We'll talk about the, the musy. The musy. After the bevy, from, talk about the From bevy to musy. Yeah. All right. A uh, little background on the album, shall we? Uh, this is yeah, a follow-up yeah, we'll to Avenged Sevenfold. I feel like it needs it. 2000... Yeah, it definitely does, I'd say. Um, it's a follow-up to their 2016 album entitled The Stage... Um, just a, a heads up, dear listener. Jesse has recommended for me to review the stage, so uh, that's yeah. incoming, I guess, at some yeah, point. At some, time. at some point, at some point, we'll get to that. Yeah. So uh, this new album is called "Life Is But a Dream," and uh, it came out in June of 2023. Um, so there's a nice chunk of time in between there. It's their eighth studio album, and a fun little trivia is that it is the first time that the band has had two consecutive albums with the same lineup since their self-titled fourth album. Really? Yeah, because huh. their their um, original drummer died after that, and then they've kind of been right. rotating drummers ever since. But uh, Brooks yes. Wackerman, previously a Bad Religion, is now their drummer, and he was on uh, the stage and now this album. Right. Yep. Yeah, I knew that he had uh, gone from Bad Religion to them for the stage. I remember you telling me that. It's a, a uh, so big change. Glad to hear that he's back. Yeah, definitely a big change. But yeah, I feel like you can definitely hear it. Absolutely. I feel like the drums are so tight. Yeah, yeah. It's um definitely continuing the progressive and experimental elements from the stage, uh, but it yeah, definitely sure. pushes it a lot further. It <laughs> big, really big does. Time. Yeah. Um, apparently, the band started writing this album in 2018, um, and I think they really? ended. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it ended up being their largest gap between albums. Previously, the largest gap was three years, and this gap is seven years. Um, but wow, COVID, yeah, huge gap. COVID definitely affected that. Absolutely, yeah. It affected every single band, pretty much. Yeah, uh, it affected that, everybody in the world, right? Yeah, there was no avo- if you were alive during COVID, it affected you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, apparently, some of the band members. Um, 
lead singer M. Shadows and uh, Sinister Gates, the guitar writer and also other songwriter, uh, experimented heavily um, with psychedelics and psychotropics um, during did, the writing yeah. process. I read that the singer, uh-huh. M. Shadows, had a depression and a bit of an existential crisis. Mm. And he used a specific form of DMT, uh, yeah. which led him to experience an ego death. Like, I'm not I'm not just guessing this. He, he's talked about this, this is, in interviews. Yeah. They, yeah, he's definitely talked about this, yeah. And that uh, gave him uh, a definite inspiration on the album. Yeah, Crazy. I, and I can I can definitely hear that hear that inspiration. Yeah, um, ego death is becoming a really uh, a really popular thing. Or yeah. I don't want to use the word popular. It's becoming like a uh, uh, kind of like a I guess main. No, I, I don't know how to how to word this properly. Like it's not like ooh, it's the popular thing to do. Let's go like it's, do psychedelics and then have an ego death. Yeah, it's like, but it's a, it's arising in a way like a, in like a spiritual way and in, in the ethos or whatever the, the zeitgeist. zeitgeist of the the zeitgeist of the time. Yeah, I've I've also like ever since Joe Rogan talked about DMT and like ayahuasca, uh-huh. I've heard a lot of other people refer to that and then having their own uh, coming to new conclusions or like having. Yeah, having quasi-religious experiences, like, you know. Shift. Yeah, perspective yeah. shift. Yeah. So it's yeah. I, I've heard about it a lot. I think Joe Rogan's the first time I ever heard of it, and then like other people start talking about these kind of experimenting with that. So it's I, that's uh, Avenged Sevenfold delved into it apparently. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, the album came out June second, like I said, uh, to critical acclaim, um, but it was very polarizing and divisive i think all around like i've read some reviews saying it's like their best work some saying it's their worst work uh yeah like we talked you about said, that you said you said critically the the critics liked it though for the most part yeah other than mm. the internet's busiest music nerd anthony fantana who said not oh, good yeah. he uh Boy, he thought it was like the worst thing he's ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. I mean, it's also interesting that he talked about like how bad the singing was, and I, I kind of think the singing was like, I thought it was good. <laughs> I just, I mean, we can talk about his video for a little bit, but I, I just kind of like disagree with him on most, on most of what he said yeah. about the album. Except he I did mean, say one thing. He said, he said that he liked the song Cosmic. Yes, and I, I, agree, I agree with him on that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, while uh, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with his review, it was entertaining to watch him <laughs> review it. It was very entertaining, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to jump into the... And to each, to each their own as was well. It, if you didn't that? like it, it's just not for him. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's it, Music is subjective. Yeah. But I think Absolutely. this one's objectively good. <laughs> as far as um, pushing boundaries and experimenting and combining yeah. genres and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we jump into the track list? Let's do it. All right. I do have some recommendations that I will peruse over as they come and go. Um, but the first song is called Game okay. Over. Game Over. Yeah, it starts off with that, like, finger-picked... I'm, I'm fairly certain it's a nylon string guitar. It definitely sounds like it, yeah. It sounds like one of those etudes that Mark taught us first year of Geneva. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, um, now Jesse, you're going to sit here and, and play Jess. it this way, Jess. <laughs> now Jess. Hey, Jess. Uh, Jess. What was his last name? Mark Antonich. Antonich. That's right. Boy. 
What a guy. That's a, that's a throwback. Holy crap. Um, yeah, he was an interesting one. At least he always um, showed up on time. <laughs> if yeah, anything. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Anyway, but the... Just uh, as that, this, that, that classical the, guitar sinks in, you know? Uh-huh. Like, you're getting used to it, and then the band comes in, it's heavy and fast, and it's... Kind of punky, almost, like that beat, and the lyrics are, like, being, like, vomited at you. Uh-huh, like, just, like, screamed at you. Yeah. Not really, not really like, a melody. Um, but I want to point out one thing here. Uh, throughout the whole album, you kind of have this... They do this theme quite a bit, where they have, like, a soft part, normally kind of, like, classical-focused or lighter instrumentation is much more sparse and then they go into like a heavier rock punk metal section as well like yeah. they, they use that they use that tactic quite a bit throughout the entire album juxtaposition Which, and, i believe is a good yes. good word they use, they use it very it, well they use it very yeah they use it very effectively um lyrically uh this song follows a person from birth to midlife uh, where the singer or uh, narrator, whoever it is, finds their life to be meaningless, and they are heading towards suicide. Yes. I read somebody's critique that this is the outline of the entire album, and you can you can kind of justify that if you read into it a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if I 100% agree with that, but I could see... I can see it, I guess, is what I'm saying. It might be... So... Uh, as they, they released a few videos too. Yes. And it seems like the whole album is kind of getting across this, like his, I think his like struggle or as he is faced with this ego death that he experienced. Like it, see, it seems like most of the album is about kind of processing that and like how to look and like finding a new way to look at life and... Mm-hmm. So I so even though like it talks about like a guy like like one of the guys just tossed a rope over the branch and fall into the night, and he's swinging from his family tree. He says good night. So like even though he says like so the guy kills himself basically, but it could also be looked at in a way of like your ego is also dying. So yeah, it's kind of absolutely. like tough to take any of the. I don't think we take a lot of this literally. I yeah, guess. there's definitely a lot of. Um... There's a lot of metaphor metaphors with, with this yeah. with this album. Yeah, but um, I, definitely the, the next song. track is I, I love this song. It's a great in your it's face fantastic. way to start the album. Uh, the next song, the second song, I think kind of is even keeps, keeps more up the pace in your face and really yeah. good. Yeah. Track number two is called Mattel. Uh, just like the big corporation, love I, I love this song. The, the toy company, right? Mattel. Yeah. Um, this song's. Uh, Probably one of the heavier songs on the album. Yes, uh, the first half is heavier um, than the second half, and this half yeah. and this song is definitely probably one of the heavier songs. Yeah, yeah, uh, I th- it definitely I think kind of continues that idea that everything's meaningless. Uh, like mm-hmm. in the chorus, he's like, "I've smelled the plastic daisies." Uh, like yeah. he's like a probably like in some kind of repet repetitive simulation, and then I think it's in the second verse mm-hmm. he has a reference to the Truman Show. Have you ever watched that movie? No, but isn't it like he he figures out that he's like in a TV show? Yeah, he's been in a TV show since he was a child, and he didn't know. 
Yeah, and he didn't know it, right. Um, but yeah. he always would say, like, he had his own catchphrase that's like, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And they take that, oh, and they yeah. stick it into this song verbatim. It's, it, it, uh, the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, that's a Truman Show oh, reference. Oh, I didn't realize that was a Truman Show reference. Okay, that's cool. It's it's the best. So that's that's he's definitely kind of going into that repetitive simulation type thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, the but the line where he's talking about the plastic daisies too. He also it's also in reference to uh, the video they released for the song Nobody, which is the next track, mm-hmm. and okay. that moment where the skeleton is like in quote unquote heaven, and mm-hmm. he like picks up a flower and he sees that there's like a a price tag on the back or like a barcode on the back. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of a subtle reference to that video too. Yeah, it's, or it's not a, subtle. <laughs> pretty, it's, yeah, a pretty it's, it's pretty up there. Reference. Um, but, my, yeah. it's hard to pick a favorite part in this song, but I really like the bridge. Um, okay. it's kind of like when that, the drums are going like kind of crazy and there's this, I'm fairly certain it's something played on the synth. Um, a lot of the instruments, I think they're playing multiple parts over multiple instruments and they kind of make a, a unique sound. Um, but it's a yeah. wild bridge. Really, really mm-hmm. wild. Um, definitely worth listening to. The part that I like the best about this uh, this this song is when they go to that they cut out you know like there's like I think the line is same year after year it cuts out like for a measure and then it comes back in with a jump chicka chicka jump chicka chicka jump and like drums mm-hmm. the line where he says please attend all model citizens that part I, I lo- love those parts and I think when he says that it's almost like a megaphony type voice right. Mm-hmm. Please attend. So it's like yeah. somebody's uh, I guess, yeah, instructing one thing, you. Yeah, one thing that we could note about the whole album, uh, I watched an interview with M Shadows, and he was talking about how they used a lot of effects on the vocals, but they he said that they used them in very specific and uh, deliberate ways. So like yeah. if there is auto tune or later in the album when we hear like almost like an electronic voice, mm-hmm. um, they have There's those sections reason. where they yeah they use it on purpose and very deliberately, but then they also have parts where his voice is completely normal, and yep. not really uh, not uh, muddled at all with uh, effects. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's definitely really interesting. It's it's really cool how like how inten- intentional they are. Um, they were very deliberate yeah yeah you can just tell that they really thought out every single part of this album it's it's really impressive Mm -hmm. anyway um moving on to track number three which is called nobody this was the first first single released correct you are um i think this is one of the lesser experimental songs musically Mm -hmm. um it's pretty straightforward and i think it almost musically sounds like it might fit onto their album hail to the king which it was yeah. a wildly popular album, but I don't like it. It's it's kind of like more of just like a classic metal type sounding album, which is fine. I know it's wildly popular, just really not my cup of tea. Yeah, um, this is definitely uh, if you have listened to Avenged Sevenfold before, this is like the most normal sounding song on the on the album for mm-hmm. sure. I definitely um, I like it. This is um, definitely the theme of this song is definitely about ego death, like for sure. Oh yeah, he talks about himself. He says, "I am the sun. I am a god. I am awake. Mm-hmm. I am the one in everything." 
Uh, he talks. He says, "I walk with death in final exhalation." Yeah. So, so like I, a lot of, a lot of very esoteric, weird sounding metaphors. Mm-hmm. But like he is everybody and nobody. Yeah. Yep. That's the idea of his self, and he's he is his own universe. Everybody is yeah, their own like, universe. Yeah, your ego, all the stories you tell about yourself fades away and you realize that yeah. you are everything and everything is you. That's according, a really weird thing to say. Oh, I, yeah, it's not what I would think I, of, but it's according to Wikipedia, this was um, inspired by the absurdist and existentialist writer Albert Camus. Camus? I, Camus? Is that his name? Camus. Yep, Camus. C-A-M-U-S? I pronounce it. Yeah. So I would have never known that. I've never heard of this guy, but I, I find that interesting that they drew so much inspiration. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I really like, there's this little acapella break around the two-minute mark with um, all the harmonies. It's just a real, like, uh, uh-huh. a jolt that kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, whoa, mm, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it uh, one of those ah moments it, for you? For me, it is. Uh, but yeah. I, I guess I shouldn't say it's a jolt because the song starts with a jolt. That weird sound, uh-huh. the bang. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I played this the first time, I was like, "Whoa!" It's like a siren and a foghorn put together. Yeah. It's like meow, Alarming. Yeah, it's like an alarm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to track number four. Yeah. This is my first recommendation, and it was the this second great, single release. Super great. This song's so cool. It is. It's called We Love You. Um, yeah. And so since they released Nobody First, and this was their second single, this was like the first glimpse of how wild and like borderline unhinged this album would be. Yes. Um, it's just like, it's got so many different elements and sections. It's just... Wild. Yeah, like the first, the first like thirty seconds of it is like a super fast, weird like punk drum beat with like more words being vomited at you, but like mm-hmm. also with this super weird effect on his voice. It's cutting cutting in and out almost like breaking. Yeah, and then it and then cuts it out, and there's that like eight oh eight thumping drum beat. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, and like, whoa, what the heck? And then they start saying, like, all these things that people want in the world, like power, pace, money, taste, sex, pills, skin, chills. Mm -hmm. And they're saying more of that and building higher, building faster, building up, building down. More theme. (laughs) More things. More, 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 I guess is like. That's what what it is. Yeah, pretty general, like, uh, thing to talk about, how society is moving in that direction all the time. You always constantly need more. We, yeah. We're never satisfied, apparently. A little bit of the consumer and uh, human spirit thrown at you. Yeah. Um, I really love the chorus also, though, when the he gets to the We Love You part. Yes, it's, got that, it's so the, great. The kick drum, but there's like a syncopation going on. Uh, it's just really, really nice. And there are some... Um, jazzy chords that are being played on that like overdriven guitar that just sound really nice yeah yeah um yeah this the, whole this whole song in general is fantastic i like it a lot the outro is kind of out of left field also with that slide guitar 
Um, you can definitely hear that they played the slide and on a on a acoustic guitar that didn't have a pickup. It sounds like they just mic'd the guitar because you can hear the slide like squeaking over the strings. Um, yeah, yeah, you really can. can pretty you? cool, pretty cool, really good song. Uh, but I think the next song is my favorite on the album. Uh, this my song is next recommendation. Without a, yeah, without a doubt, my favorite song on the album. It's cosmic. I almost wish I almost wish this was the last song on the album. Oh, it could be. Like it's, it could have easily been the last song on the album. Yes, yes. Just because of like how this is this is song uh, clearly demonstrates like their ability to orchestrate a song very well. Yeah, and to put a put a song together that sounds great, that's engaging, and it's, that really builds and climaxes, and then like it's so satisfying. Builds, yeah, um, very so very satisfying to the songwriter. Oh yeah, in 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 me. Um, essentially, cool. I'd say this song is like two parts, um, okay. musically and lyrically. Okay. Um, the first part is like explaining like the narrator's dying to. I, I, either a close friend or a significant other. It's uh, either n- neither here nor there. They're they're talking to somebody else. Um, that like after they pass, they'll reunite in death. Mm-hmm. Um, the second section, um, it's also kind of split into two parts musically, but it's one part lyrically, um, where he's like saying like um, over here, like you'll you'll see me in the. Uh, in the stars or in the you'll see me there um the first half of that like second section is like kind of like piano driven and a little bit slower but the second half has these wild drums and that's when you get like the processed vocoder vocals um and it's just like the drums are going all over the place and it's just it has that same melody coming in and it's just it sounds so pleasant and but yeah. like crazy at the same time it's just like i don't know how you could write something it's like, a, like it's, it's really well done i know i know exactly what you mean like whenever i get to that part in the song all the time i'm just like that sounds so good like i just love yeah. the way it sounds yeah it's wild and like and really it's like beautiful sounding it's just it's really yeah. really nice like whenever he says like there you'll find me and then it goes it cuts out and then like the the uh I don't know, like a synth kind of comes in and then the drums come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's just like they orchestrate the song so well and it sounds so great. Yes, yeah. Really, it's definitely my favorite song on the album. Also, I wasn't expecting like some of the sounds they got out of the drums, like that ticka ticka doo, ticka ticka doo, like the almost like uh, electronic drum sounding, but still very like live sounding in a way, I guess. No, I, sounds, yeah, I know what you mean. It's just so good, yeah. Yeah, well, well produced. Very well produced, yeah. Um, Moving on to track number six. This song's called Beautiful Morning. Beautiful Um, Morning. This is the start of where it gets kind of wonky and kind of weird and really, like, experimental. And I feel like this part is where, like, a lot of the people who did not like the album, probably it starts with this song. It might. um, Because it, like, the... Overall, I've seen other people reiterate this. It does sound like an Alice in Chains song. Um, the melody okay. and the way they do the harmonies in the the verses, um, and it's that that's not too far off from like what you might expect from Avenged Sevenfold. But the, like then there's this section that comes out of nowhere 
that it's sounds like beautiful morning. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like like yeah. a Beach Boys type song almost. It's like bouncy and happy. Yeah, and you're like, what in the me, world? It, it reminds me of like the I want to say like the Beatles. Yeah, I can see that. They also do say they also do say don't let it be, don't <laughs> let it be. So I was yeah. like, is it a reference to like the Beatles song "Let It Be"? It could be. Um, like very, it's a very nihilistic that, song, like that though. Horn, that horn sounding. Oh, yeah. Uh, horn yeah. sound. Like, um, there's a, the Beatles, too, for some reason. There's a bass harmonica in this song. Burp. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Burp, burp, burp. Um, if you go back and listen to the verses, though, it's pretty cool when they do the, the like, the um, chugging palm muted guitars. It starts out in, like, a triple meter, and then they flop to a, a duple meter. Really well done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shall we move on to the next track, which I think starts the descent into madness? <laughs> I love this song. <laughs> yeah, I track number seven is called Easier. Um, and before we yeah. go further down there, um, I think this and the next several songs, uh, kind of title-wise, touch upon the um, the theme of the album. This song's called Easier. Yeah. The next song is called G. The next song after that's called Ordinary with the O um, in parentheses. parentheses. And the last yeah. song is called Death with the D in parentheses. So you could, uh-huh. if you look at so the G-O-D, it's God. Ego-D. Or if you put the E from easier, it would be Ego Death. So it's 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 pretty interesting uh-huh. that they titled it this way. Uh, again, very deliberate. Very deliberate, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this, this song, however, Easier, uh, it's... <laughs> kind of like kicks off with those vocoded vocals um they had them on on some of the other songs uh-huh. um melody kind of reminiscent of the end of cosmic um uh-huh. but then oh yeah definitely that's true yeah yeah it's, it's definitely tied into there but then the the heavy guitars kick in um and they add uh like this vocal melody and it goes back and forth with these like kind of like goof i don't want to say goofy but these major guitar solos um with these tones oh, that okay. are like uh-huh. The tones are like near clean almost, but they're not. Yeah, um, it's like it's just about clean. Yeah, it's 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 but wild. Really well done though. This is another example of where they go kind of hard, and then they go into that. So like they have like mm-hmm. the heavier music, and then they have that lighter part. Yeah, um, they got these happy sounding parts, of like a negative theme song about death. Yeah, yeah, really a, a yeah. unique sounding song that. Again, starts the descent into madness. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm a big fan of this song. I think I love that the, the clean sound of the guitar. Mm-hmm. It to me, I feel like they probably played it on a Stratocaster. Like that's I could, what I could a, see. That's that. like what a Strat sounds like. I could see. That. Like it's almost like John Mayer sounding <laughs> yeah. guitar. Oh, he's a good guitar player too. He is. Um, um, so yeah, I like I like this song a lot. I do too. Move on to the next one. Yeah, the next song is called G, as in the capital G. letter G. <laughs> this song is so weird. <laughs> it starts off this song like is it, crazy. It's like really proggy. Like I'd say it's a mix between like progressive rock, funk, and like a little bit of like gospel music, if that makes sense. I think it makes sense. With like all the those bass, like yeah, those crazy the bass hits, is like really funky, like yeah. They're just showing off all these technical skills in like the intro. It's just wild. Yeah. So it's different really, for Avenged really Sevenfold. Strange. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, there's female vocalists doing harmonies all over. Yeah. 
Um, I was not expecting that either. When I first listened to this, I was like, what the Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, The narrator is definitely God um, examining the human race. Yes, it is. And saying like, oh, what did I do? (laughs) I made terrible, uh, terrible people. Um, And like at the end, he decides to hit a delete button. Yeah. Um, I like and, I like that part too. It's just, yeah. oh, give me a delete button. Yeah, and then he says, "When robot?" at the very end, um, yeah. which leads into the next song. Which oh, leads into the next song. Should, yeah. should we just move on to the next song? Yeah. All right. The next song is called "Ordinary." It's track number nine with the O in parentheses, and this song, ah, oh, th- like. This song essentially is Daft Punk's Get Lucky. Yes, <laughs> it basically is. Yeah, I know. Production-wise, oh. musically, melodically, it's, it's the Daft Punk song. That's uh, that's another part that I do agree with Anthony Fantano on. Yeah. He was like, he was like this is just Daft Punk. I'm like, yeah, yep. it kind of is. But I let it slide. Um, and this is supposed to be from the point of view of a robot, um, like trying yeah. to... Uh, like understand human emotions and he like wants to dream and wants to love um but again it's got those like vocoder vocals like the auto tunes that are just like they're they are there for a reason because it's the way that the like the message being portrayed and the narration yeah yeah Um, but i really like this song i don't care if it's essentially daft punk i also don't i think it sounds great i like it and uh it comes out of the Along with the whole second half of this album, this comes out of left field. It's just like, mm-hmm. what in the world? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, but do you want to talk about another song that comes out of left field? Yeah. Track number 10, which is called Death. And Death. The, the D is in parentheses. Oh, man. Uh, this song utilizes the 78-piece <laughs> San Bernardino Symphony. Oh, nice. I was wondering where they recorded everything. Yeah. Uh, it's just, um, it's boy, new. this song, whenever I first listened to the album, I was listening with one of my friends, and he was like, what the heck? Is it Christmas time right now? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like Bing Crosby or like uh, Dean Martin. Yeah. It's like a crooner song. Yeah, it's, it's like a crooner song, yep. It's like, I heard, I was like, what in the world? Um, but like... It just like builds like he, M Shadow like like all the traditional crooner songs. He starts out real low in his register, and it yeah. builds and builds until he's belting it out in the end. And it's like I think he gives a good vocal performance. It's really yeah. well done. Yeah, and I think I think this is kind of where the character who has been experiencing this story throughout the entire album, like he's talking about, like coming back, maybe the trip that he took with uh, ayahuasca or DMT or whatever he, he, he used. This mm-hmm. is like him coming back down to earth. And then like, like he says, like put my bedroom back in its place and tucked away. And like, well, the whole song's a, like a suicide note. Talking about, yeah. Or a suicide so note of the, his ego. Exactly. That's kind of what I think yeah. it is. Yeah. But definitely could be. I, I'm a big fan of this song too. It sounds so good. Um, but after he hits his like crescendo vocally and it hits the high point, the climax of the song, it yeah. gets like dark. Like it's like the the orchestration. Like the it sounds like a bones and the... yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. Like it it gets real dissonant and like ominous. It's very unsettling. Yeah, it definitely does get ominous. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that part with that climax that he does though when he says, "I never have felt so alive." Yeah. 
And then like that whole that whole line is just great. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh, that just sounds good. Mm-hmm. I just like it. You'd think that that would be the end of the album, right? No, uh, you would think so. Yeah. Maybe it would be. Uh, but it's not. Track number 11 is, it's called Life is But a Dream, and it's not Row, Row, Row Your Boat. It's a lengthy piano instrumental instead. <laughs> it is, yeah. And I don't know. Like I, I like it. Um, I, I think I do too. I don't really know. Uh, like here's is here's what to I came to the like conclusion. A, like a reset, like a reset. Like there's the end of the album. Here's a reset. Then go back to the beginning. That could be it. I think they. Like put, I think they put this here for you to try and guess why you think they put it there. Fair um, enough. Yeah. I think like here's what I think of when I hear an instrumental. What it? Why? What's the point of this? Why is this here? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, and maybe that's like yeah. them saying, what's like the point of anything, you know, what's the point of life? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That, that seems it's very existential album. So maybe they're trying to point that out. I have no idea. It, it's it's up for you to interpret. Regardless um, of what the point is, the I think the structure of the song mirrors what the entire album has been in a way. Like most songs have one part of the song that sounds a certain way and then another mm-hmm. part that sounds different mm-hmm. and the piano piece they've got this uh first part where there's a lot of ornamentation like a lot of ornamentation on the melody it's a little more like uh staccato a little bit less mm-hmm. a little bit more rigid and then the second part goes into almost like this flowing like romantic uh era like beautiful melody piano piece mm-hmm. and so that's kind of a, a i think it's a reflection of the entire album in a way yeah um, now, if you had told me there's a lengthy p- instrumental piano piece at the end of the album, I would have assumed that would they you, would, would have, you have like, believed? well, I would have believed it, but I would have assumed that they maybe would take some like motifs or melodies from the album and incorporate it. They did not do that here. Uh-uh. I it's think, all I think new and original when, music ideas. It's we. It's. I think. I think this is when the uh, character is dreaming. Could be. That's that's an astute observation, I suppose. I don't know. I don't know either. I um, like overall, it, though, though uh, really wild, really interesting album, musically, thematically. Um, I don't Definitely. know if I uh, agree philosophically with, with some of the eco-death and nihilism stuff. Um, like, But it's really interesting to see I, somebody's journey. Yeah. I, uh, I relate to it, for hey, sure. That's... that's Hey, that's fair enough. Maybe not the nihilism. I don't. I don't really agree with nihilism in general, but I relate to the ego death stuff. Yeah, well, I I, I think there was there's a fine. Uh, I don't know. He he kind of bounces a, a, into a lot of different territories on this, but it's it's re- really interesting to see because yeah. you can almost like see his thought process on the progression of the album, and I think it's pretty interesting to see him like tackle that idea. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's probably not a it's not an easy idea to articulate. It's it's more abstract than like their previous album that apparently talks about AI, which I guess I'll talk about if I ever review the stage sometime soon. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah. it's yeah, it's a little bit more abstract. Either way, such a fantastic album. Yeah. Uh definitely worth listening to if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, just yeah, just really interesting. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, um, looking forwards to our next episodes. I guess we could do the uh, uh, the recommendations, right? 
Uh, yeah, I've honestly forgotten what they were. Um, I think mine was the the stage by Avenged Sevenfold, and yes, the one and for you was, is uh, Death. It was is an a easy warm one, blanket. Wasn't it? Yeah, Death of oh, a yeah, Blanket by Microwave, yeah. Microwave, right. Yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Reynolds steered me onto that band. Even though mm, technically okay. we saw them open up for the Wonder Years a long time ago. Oh, right when the, that was when we, we were in Memphis? Yeah, they were the wow, like, okay. pop-punk band opening up. Um, I thought I they were good know. then, I and I never them. continued to listen to them until my buddy Matt told me to check out their latest album. Okay. Well, so Matt we'll, Reynolds, uh, if you're listening, which you might be, we'll do that. Yes, we will. Um, so that'll be something to look forward to. I gotta start listening to the stage because it's a, a beast to tackle. I it's think it's a it's a doozy. It's a big one. Yeah, I've heard it. I think, I, I've I think heard it a couple is, times is since a, you recommended. Uh, more complete. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's more complete and uniform in its theme. Yeah. Not unlike unlike this album. Well, I, I guess I'll find out, right? Yeah, yeah, you definitely will. Um, how has your bevy been aging? <laughs> It's been great, man. I actually finished it already. Oh, I've got just a little baby sip, so I'm going to ship it a beep and finish this and sign off. All right. Um, once again, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. I, I think I was supposed to ship it a beep before I introduced myself again, wasn't I? Uh, no, no, you always say, and as we always say in American Bruising Tunes... That's what I do. I, who knows? Um, as we always say, it's very good bruise and tunes. <laughs> <laughs> she made a beep. Down the, I'm drinking this alone because Jesse already finished his bevy hatch. <laughs> Spindrift was too good today, baby. Oh, Spindrift is good. Um, thanks you, uh, for any of you guys who've listened. Um, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeba-da